Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition podcast. This special series is designed to help business owners and C-suite leaders better understand the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and its potential impact. Hello, I'm Angel Rice, a tax manager at Cohen & Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Today we'll be discussing Opportunity Zones, that is a new program introduced as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and more specifically, how investors and potential qualified opportunity fund managers can take advantage of the program and its benefits. I'm joined by Adam Hill, partner in charge of our real estate construction group. I'm also joined by Rob Vallada, a tax partner in our investment industry division. Adam, why don't we start with a background of the program and what tax incentives those that participate in it can expect? Sure. So uh, this program is designed to incentivize long-term investment in low-income and economically distressed communities. Um, it, It essentially gives the taxpayer with capital gain the ability to defer that gain through 2026, and then it adds on some tax incentives for long-term holds greater than 10 years. Um, And the intent behind it was there's about $6.1 trillion of unrealized capital gains at the end of last year. And what Congress is trying to do here is make a lot of those realized by deferring gain and and ultimately investing in these low-income census tracts. How are those census tracts identified? There's about 32,000 low-income community census tracts throughout the country. Um, The governor of each state had the ability to select 25% of those low-income census tracts. 8,762 of those um, made it into the Qualified Opportunity Zone program. All of the the states, um, plus uh, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands have have all been established and certified. The question that I get on a daily basis is, how do I know if I'm in the right census track? Uh, CDFI has a very good mapping tool. So if you um, jump online and Google CDFI um, mapping tool opportunity zones, you can pull that up and and search by address. Um, Two other comments I want to make about the zones, and then we'll get into the program itself. They're based on the 2010 census track. So a lot of my clients who are out there developing um, are telling me, hey, we don't necessarily develop in these low-income areas. Well, they've had eight years of growth within this um, census track. So, you know, most downtown urban areas that have had substantial development over the last uh, eight years are, are in these zones. And you'd be surprised what areas that were low income uh, eight years ago are now, uh, you know, very up and coming areas that uh, people are, are tearing down houses, looking to develop, looking to build, uh, build new or rehab. Well, Adam, just, I mean, to even go beyond that, when you look at the city of Cleveland, just of one of many urban areas, the amount of, of new real estate development projects, whether they be residential uh, or, or office, that has happened over the last decade is substantial. And that's not unique to Cleveland. And yet almost the entire city of Cleveland is, is in fact, under one of these census tracts uh, that would qualify it for an opportunity zone investment. So this program seems to be getting a lot of traction in the marketplace. Rob, this program is available to a wide range of taxpayers. Can you expand on who's eligible for it and why they would want to participate? Sure, Angel. Uh, Really, any taxpayer can benefit from this. Uh, Any taxpayer that has realized gains, so whether they're individual taxpayers, uh, individuals, family offices, partnerships, real estate investment trusts, RICs, pretty much any taxpayer with realized gains 
can roll over some of their gains into new investments in opportunity zones. So really, we're seeing a lot of traction with a lot of our clientele who are looking to make investments and generate some of the tax benefits of the program. Separately, we're also seeing a lot of activity from people who are looking to finance projects, whether they're raising money for businesses, whether they're looking to do real estate investment deals, and they're utilizing this this program as a way to generate interest from investors uh, into these various activities. Rob, I, th- I think that's a good point to make sure that we emphasize is that this program works very well with real estate, but it's also elig- you know, eligible for um, businesses in these zones to grow those businesses or to start up those businesses within these zones. So we know that the tax program is available to a wide range of taxpayers, like Rob mentioned, whether it's individuals, flow-through entities, C-corps, trusts, or estates. What types of gains are eligible to qualify for the tax incentives? So it's, it's any capital gain reported on your federal income tax return. So uh, short-term and long-term capital gains uh, would qualify for this program. So if I'm an individual, I've sold some stock and realized a capital gain, and I want to participate in this program, kind of what are the tax incentives? Um, once you invest in that qualified opportunity fund, you're, you're going to be able to make a temporary deferral election on your tax return. If you hold that investment for five years, you get a 10% step up in the original gain. Uh, If you hold it for an additional two years, seven years total, you'll get an additional 5% step up or 15% overall. And then if you hold this investment for 10 years um, through 2047, you'll be able to get a permanent step up when you sell that asset. So if, if, if you um, invest in a fund today and hold this investment for 25 years, when you sell that asset inside the fund and, and get redeemed out of the, um, the Qualified Opportunity Fund, you're going to be able to uh, get a stepped-up basis to the fair market value that you sold it for. So I, I think that's really important what you just said. When you look at this program, there's really three benefits. The first benefit you have is the deferral of the existing capital gain you just generated. So if you have a capital gain, whether it be from sale of stock, whether it's from long-term capital gain dividends that might come out of a a regulated investment company, a mutual fund, uh, a REIT, or sale of business or, or other assets, you redeploy those assets within six months, you defer that capital gain. The second thing that you mentioned, horribly important, is that you get a partial exclusion of that gain to the extent that you hold this new investment for a period of time. So on that original gain, you can exclude 10 or maybe 15% of that original gain if you meet the the holding periods around that new investment. And the third thing is a thing that I think is really powerful is that exclusion of the gain on that new uh, qualified opportunity zone investment. When you invest in that qualified opportunity zone, you can completely exclude that gain. Uh, That's a really powerful thing, and I think it's really important that we that we think about those three items as, as separate and distinct items that combined make this such a, a powerful tax strategy. Uh, I think an important discussion is always, you know, does somebody want to make this investment? Uh, as you look at the various investments, tax incentives are, are very important, but they aren't the end-all be-all around making a, a good investment. Okay, so if I understand this right, I'm an individual that has capital gain, and I'm interested in investing in a qualified opportunity zone fund. Can I invest in the fund through debt or can I do I have to invest it as an equity interest? Uh, great question. So it has to come in as equity uh, into the fund. 
The good news is uh, the, the regulations or the proposed regulations that have, have come out uh, do allow for preferred stock if, uh, if you're investing in a corporation um, or special allocations within the partnership uh, tax structure, which really allows um, the fund manager to give you something very close to debt, but not necessarily debt, uh, depending on your risk tolerance um, in the investment. Okay, so I've sold my stock and generated capital gain. How long do I have to invest those capital gain proceeds into a qualified opportunity fund? So at the individual level, you have 180 days from the the trade date of that stock to reinvest those proceeds into a qualified opportunity fund. And one really good thing from a timing standpoint is uh, the IRS, uh, when they came out with the proposed regulations, gave us a second round of that investment. So if your gain happened through a partnership or a, a different flow-through entity, and that entity um, doesn't elect to defer their gain, when that gain flows out to the individual, that individual now has 180 days from the end of the tax year of that entity to re- reinvest those proceeds into a qualified opportunity fund. So really, the first half of this year, there was a lot of people that probably missed the window because of the fact that the guidance wasn't out yet. And um, if, it's, if it was through a pass-through entity, they now have a second shot uh, to reinvest those proceeds into a fund uh, starting at the end of the year through June of 2019. So now that capital gains been rolled over into a qualified opportunity fund, what can the qualified opportunity fund invest in? The, the, the fund can invest in uh, qualified opportunities on business property. So that's um, all types of tangible property, machinery and equipment, furniture and fixtures, uh, tenant improvements, buildings. Uh, the one caveat is it has to be purchased after 123117. Uh, you have to pass one of two tests. It either has to be original use property or you need to have substantial improvement of that property. For, from a real estate perspective, you know, they, they've uh, thrown some rules out there that allow 31-month safe harbor for the construction of the substantial improvement, and they have a 30-month test uh, on the substantial improvement side uh, to make sure that you get there. Essentially, you've got you to gotta put your basis in plus a dollar to, uh, to improve the property. The fund can also invest in qualified opportunities on stock or partnership interest, uh, the C-Corp stock would have to be originally issued, or the partnership interest um, uh, could be uh, issue, uh, originally issued as well, but it, it does have to be um, in exchange for cash um, after 123117. At the underlying business level, there's certain things, certain rules that need to be uh, in place and you need to follow. Um, 70% of the underlying business's tangible assets need to be within within a zone, a qualified opportunity zone. Uh, at least 50% of the, of the business gross income needs to be generated from an active conduct of a trader business. Um, a substantial portion of the intangibles uh, assets of the company need to be used in the active conduct of, of a trader business. And then uh, you, you can't have more than 5% uh, of the average um, of, of non-qualified financial property um, in, in, uh, held in those businesses. No, I think that last comment is, is a question that we see a lot, is can I just set up an address in a qualified opportunity zone and set up a partnership or a corporation in that zone and qualify? The reality is if you look at the program itself, the program is intended to encourage development of businesses 
a redevelopment of property in an opportunity zone. So qualified opportunity zone, either directly or indirectly, is severely restricted on the amount of financial assets that it can hold. So you can't just set up a, a business in an opportunity zone uh, with a desk and then invest in futures contracts, stocks, equities, debt. You actually have to have hard assets in order for that zone to qualify, or in order for that fund to qualify as an opportunity zone fund. Adam, I know I obviously could go find a fund to invest in as an individual, but do I also have the ability to form my own fund? Sure. So the good news is the IRS has made this very taxpayer-friendly. You can set up uh, a fund by forming a corporation or an entity taxed as a partnership. So an LLC or a limited partnership would work. Um, And then you make a a self-certification election on your uh, first-year return and make sure uh, going forward that your fund is investing in 90% or more uh, assets within these qualified opportunity zones. So now I've invested in a qualified opportunity fund and deferred my federal tax liability. Is there anything else I should be worried about? Two things you should be worried about from a cash flow perspective is does the state that you're in qualify for this program? There's certain states that uh, have elected not to be part of this program, and there's other states that are automatically um, out of this program unless they elect in. So before you decide that you're going to invest all of your gain and spend your other um, principal, make sure you understand the state tax consequence. And then the other issue that I I, I don't think we've touched on yet is um, when you do pay that tax in 2026, you need to save up for that because you need to hold on to this investment to get the full 10-year permanent step up. So there's going to be a timing issue there between 2026 and when you ultimately sell your investment. So from a cash flow standpoint, you want to watch out for those two uh, pitfalls. So, Rob and Adam, this sounds like a really exciting program that could have broad applicability to a lot of taxpayers. Is there a key takeaway that you would have for our listeners today? Yeah, so uh, my takeaway is this is a big win for people who have uh, capital gain flowing from the sale of securities, stocks, investments, um, the sale of businesses. All of these um, transactions didn't have a way to defer gain in the past, and this program opens up two huge avenues to roll uh, those those gain dollars into these low-income communities. When I look at the biggest takeaway here, the biggest takeaway is if an investor has a realized gain and are looking to make investments in opportunity zones, to not miss that six-month window. There's a six-month window of time by which that investor, after recognition of the gain, not before, after recognition of the gain, they have to roll into an opportunity zone fund. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up our discussion of Qualified Opportunity Zones. Thanks, Adam and Rob, and thank you to everyone who joined us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. To gain more entrepreneurial insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com impact. Cohen & Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action taken based on information in this podcast 
should be taken only after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law. 